podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Courtside Fracker. This is a 2022 NBA Finals preview. I'm joined by um, diehard supporters of the two teams matching up uh, in the yellow and blue corner. I've got Lee. How you doing, Lee? Not too bad, man. We're four wins away from um, from something special. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And in the green corner, I've got Yas. Yeah, well, good. We too are four wins away from something special, <laughs> yeah. as is the case with the finals. Um, <laughs> Nee, nee you mentioned that like that was unique to them, but okay. Um, but yeah, morale. You're sounding like Jeff Van Gundy in Game Seven, man. Not not great. So so uh, yeah, not feeling too credit really to you for being up this early for it. Yeah, no worries, no worries, no worries. Um, yeah, I thought it'd be good for us to get together just to talk through all things the NBA Finals. It's been a hell of a hell of a road for the two of you. Some more rocky than others, um, but we'll get into that. Um, I think in that regard, we'll start with you, Yes, Talking about your run to the Finals. The Nets, the Bucks, the Heat, uh, and now Golden State. Um, just talk us through briefly um, how, how that's gone on your, on your end. I think I think the thing that I don't think I've mentioned it on a podcast is it's been online and stuff. But the big thing about this has been is I think even the Celtics Twitter and Insta official has got involved. It's been a revenge tour, man. Like the the path we took through the East was, although there's a lot that can be sniping about our oh, Middleton la 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 and no Harden or Simmons, which I even saw someone try to argue the other day. Um, it wasn't it wasn't an easy path like we didn't have the side of the bracket with an atlanta or philly or whatever um we did have to go through kevin durant we did have to go through yanisana de Kumpo. we did have to go through jimmy butler who's not those two but is is top 10 15 player and he's a playoff player, player and miami are probably and the one seed for a reason you know that they have yeah. the best coach in the nba arguably everything like that the reason it's such a revenge tour is the last three teams to knock us out of the playoffs are these three teams. So we had 2019, um, Kyrie, the shooting five of 50, whatever the fuck it was, um, in 2019 when the Bucks sent us home 4-1. Then we had Miami in the bubble, 2020, sent us home 4-2, I believe. Um, and then we had the Nets last year. That one probably stung the least because it was just a, bunch of jokers in the team like the team is unrecognizable you had Kemba Fournier people like that um but there was the Kyrie aspect as well which led me to go to it again so it was it was it was nice in that regard um Nets fans chanting we want Boston at the end of the regular season was a, was a nice touch as well that was great um we're not running from anyone etc etc um and yeah, so from that perspective, really, really good. The bad point is probably, especially those last two series, you do have to look at, and we'll mention it as we look ahead, you do wonder how we haven't ended them in six, um, how we've maybe let them go to seven. There's some flaws in the team that are concerning against an offensive team like Golden State. But fuck it, man. I said many times on this pod that this was 
although it was the fourth conference finals in six years, this did feel very much like year one of a new-ish era. Stevens executive, Udoka coach. It's easy to sort of say, oh, he nearly didn't get to the finals again in the conference finals, but it did feel like a, a, a new start of sorts. So, yeah, man, positive, good. Um, would have been awful to drop that series to the heat. We didn't. We're in the finals. First time in 12 years. Got to be happy about it. Got to say the season's a resounding success as a result. Um, but probably the hardest test of all of them coming up now. Mm-mm. And and how about you guys? Obviously, your kind of story is well documented, me. But um, tell us about the 2022 run to the NBA Finals, if you would, sir. Yeah, basically. So, like, like to summarize it, it's been about our re- like my rebounding and points in the paint. Um, if you forget about the first series against the Nuggets, because let's be honest, and they were undermanned, um, and they did well to even make it to the playoffs. And that series was kind of like a wash to begin with. Um, quick 4-1. Um, Jokic got his game, didn't get swept. So I'm happy for him in that aspect. Um, and then we go to the Memphis series, which has been the hardest series we've had so far. Um, like I'm going into that game. You look at their size, you look at their speed um, and the physicality, and you think it's going to be a really tough series um, um, because you think we're going to get um, out-rebounded. You'd think they score more points in the paint. Um, you think they real struggle to get points in the paint. Um, but we kind of were really defined and we went against both of those things. I mean, Looney obviously had his big games. Wiggins was big in his rebounding, as was Green, and everybody kind of chipped in a very collective effort um, in stopping Memphis. But I think I came away from that series. I did a pod after game six. Um, I was like, if Memphis had a bit more poise and could finish better, I don't think the Warriors particularly make it out of that series or at least get to seven for sure. Um, I actually came away from that series kind of pissed off and a bit more um, that I'm pessimistic about our chances of winning the championship because I thought to myself, and this team has seen the blueprint in almost how to beat Memphis from the previous mm-hmm. round. But obviously those guys played like bozos towards the end and they got a guy in D-Log who kind of handicaps them. Um, but then and we didn't have that. We had like veterans, but they just couldn't put their shit together to, you know, like, um, like beat off the Memphis and like, just be poised in how they did it. Um, so that was kind of frustrating. And then I made a prediction when I saw the Mavs beat the Suns, who are very similar to us in terms of their um, and their style of playing and how they match up. Um, and I thought to myself, if the Mavs could beat the Suns in seven, um, you know, there's a possible chance that we would lose in seven as well. Because I thought, again, we struggle with rebounding, much bigger team than us. Um, and then I had Luca, who I thought, who I thought would be the best player in the series. But it's quite clear that maybe he's not ready for that yet. Um, and Steph is still a bit of pain in Luca. Um, yeah, and we were able to put um, the Maserati in the five, who were actually quite disappointing, to be honest. Um, they just can't defend. So like, I'm then, they're going to sort of end the offseason. But I think basically both teams played really well offensively in that series. Surprisingly, not, surprisingly enough, they shot 30% from three. So despite mm-hmm. them having really cold stretches where it looked really bad, um, it clearly came in like hot flurries and cold flurries. So that kind of evened itself out. Um, and I think the main difference, as I said last time, was just that we were able to get stops and put those defensive runs together and still score and that kind of blew the games open. But yeah, I think Celtics are definitely the best team we've played since Memphis. Um, I would go to and say that they're actually better than Memphis as well. So probably the best team we played this year. Um, they're really well, the best defensive team in the league. 
Um, offensively, they might not be as potent, but then they do have a lot more weapons. So we'll see how that kind of plays out in this series. But yeah, it should be good. Yeah, after the Memphis series, I remember you were on here and you were quite, yeah, you were quite sickened. Um, and you weren't really that impressed. Yes, um, how, how has your opinion of the team changed since then? Have you done a 180? Are you a lot more kind of optimistic or are you more of the case that, you know, a favourable run has got you to the finals? Um, I think maybe I'm just more understanding of where this team is at. So they're not particularly going to blow teams away in a series because they just don't have the youth in them. I mean, like, Steph is 33, 34. Like, Draymond's had injuries. He's getting on. Um, like, Clay's just come back from two injuries. Like, this isn't the team that could just blow away a team in a series and within the game. Um, it, it happens in spurts. So, I think even in the mass series, maybe five was the best you could hope for. Um, to win four or in the finals, the last time we did that was, what, against, um, against Portland? Maybe, like, two, three years ago. But we were kind of in a peak at that point. Um, so yeah, I think just recognizing where we are as a team. Um, so yeah, it, it should be a good series. I, I am confident that we can beat um, Celtics in seven because we've got home court advantage, but that remains to be seen. It's been quite a tight series um, where I think that it'll come down to the fourth court in the wire and it'll be about execution. So yeah, we'll see. All right, all right. Um, it's well documented that um, in the Steve Kerr era, I believe, Celtics are the only team with a winning record against you guys. Nine and seven, I believe. Um, at the moment, the courtside chat is just full of you guys going back and forth. Oh, you're going to win the series. Oh, no, you're yeah, going back and forth. I ain't saying nothing. Yeah, I've noticed you haven't, you haven't just, descended. Just, to those. just on yeah. that number, though. <laughs> on that number. It's like, yeah, the Celtics have a great record against Kurt. And, and I, think, I think Bill Simmons... Uh, said mentioned it and so it's been on Twitter and that got shared and whatever like that cool right when you're using big things like that it's it's cool it's interesting right and and I do think Brad Stevens as a coach is someone who always looked at as the Warriors as the gold standard and I think he probably had a little bit extra motivation in there whatever but I, I find it hard to use that as applicable when that in that number includes Kemba Walker teams Kyrie Irving teams Kevin Durant teams, Eric Pascal teams, tanking Golden State teams. Like, it's, it's even, even I've watched back uh, bits of the two matchups this season, where we split split it 1-1 one, one in the regular season. Even that, it's like the first one, there's no clay. Second one, Dre's on a re, uh, minutes mm-hmm. restriction. Second one, Steph gets injured after 14 yeah. minutes. First one, we're playing Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, Aaron Neesmith, um, Canter might have even got some flipping charity minutes in now. I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, like it's it's so hard. It's so hard to to. Um, yeah, yeah. What am I taking it. away? What am I taking away from a game in 2017 and 2022? And I tell you what, there's another one I saw that was dandied about, and we're going to talk about him because obviously you can't talk about this series without talking about Steph Curry. Came off the bench in the first series his playoffs as he was coming back from his ankle injury that he suffered from Marcus Smart. So I was about that. Um, but um, you can't talk about this series, not talk about it, uh, Steph Curry. And I saw I saw a number as well banded about, and I think ESPN picked it up, and loads of people go, oh, Yeah, no, no. and um, according to the second spectrum, the Warriors 
Steph Curry is shooting 29% from the floor when defended by Marcus Smart for his career. And then it followed it up with Golden State having off 85 offensive rating when Smart is the primary defender on Curry. Right. Now, that's cool. Um, but those sort of defended by primary thing, thing, you know, in the playoffs, maybe that mat- matters a lot more. Not only that, with like a Durant or a Yanis, that maybe matters a lot more. Steph Curry will start a move being guarded by someone, then run to the far corner, go between an elevated screen, come round, curl round, go past another screen, pick it up, <laughs> hand it off, go get it again from the other corner and be guarded by like three, four guys in uh, one move, right? I'll give you some more numbers, which aren't so, you know, statty, statty, statty. Steph Curry's last eight games against Boston. 49 points, 24 points, 23 points, 34, 38 points, 47 points, 30 points, and then the one he got injured. So there's, there's a stat. It's not like, okay, smart when he's near Curry might be great, but it's, <laughs> Curry plays Boston very, very, very well. And I know we'll get into that a little bit more um, where the game is won or lost, but I think that just kind of paints a picture of a lot of people mentioning numbers like, oh, you know, regular season record, this, that, the other. I do think both these teams are in a position now where it is really hard to take what's happened and use it to telegraph what's about to happen. I don't know if you agree with that, me. No, yeah, I think I, think I definitely do because I even remember this year's moving to battle with the Cavs. Like this Christmas thing, and like this Christmas Day games were like an absolute bloodbath and that like people draw a lot of opinions from that and say, I think there's even a year we maybe went two or against the Cavs. People are like all oh, mentally, you know, like the Cavs got us. They beat us in the finals of the previous year. And I know we had KD that year, but I mean, like, it just didn't matter in the finals of it. We ended up winning 4 1 next year. Sweep. Was it a sweep? Yeah, it was a sweep. Um, yeah, like, um, the regular season games, like, they only like, matter so much. Um, and I think a lot of context is taken away, as you said. Um, you have different players playing, that like, you go deep into your rotation. You don't play your main guys so many minutes. And when games look a bit hairy, um, like a lot of coaches take their players out, rest them, think about the next game, especially if it's like a road trip. You're not really too bothered about that one game here or there. Um, and the finals is like a different sort of pressure. Player from Tennessee um, needs to be accounted for. This is the Celtics' first trip to the finals in 12 years. I don't think, yeah, I'm not one of these players who has a finals appearance between them. So it'd be interesting to see how they cope with that um, to know that, now, you know, that there's so much at stake. Um, I think a couple of guys will rise to it. And like Marcus Smart, I think he will love it. Um, but yeah, like you can't really account for those sort of factors, like the soft factors. So um, yeah, it should be interesting, man. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at the, the best two defences in the league this season. I'm sure you're sick of hearing this at this point. Um, yes, but the best team in the league since halfway through January. Um, you guys looked at some point that you were on route to a 60-win season knee. Then you had a, then you had a few injuries. Yeah. Um, I think Steve Kerr wanted to give the younger guys reps, which are obviously reaping the benefits of um, this season. But I think it would be good for us to discuss um, where the game can or will be won or lost. Um, so let's start on the defensive end, and let's start with um, your guys. Uh, yes, you guys are a fantastic defensive team. Um, you've proven it, um, yeah, since January, like we say. Um, but in Golden State, you have a, a, a yeah, a mercurial offense led obviously by Steph Curry, but 
You can get 20, 30 from Clay. You can get 20, 30 from Paul. Wiggins looks like he's good for 20. Kevon Looney's putting up the best numbers of his career. So really, you don't know where to look at, at, at any given point against Golden State. So how do you see that um, figuring out against your defence? Yeah, it's difficult, man. Um, you mentioned these are the... It's funny, you mentioned these are the two best teams like officially defensively in the NBA, which people only talk about Boston's defending, but um, is the best two, and it's the first time since 1996 that the two best in the NBA meet in the final. Sonics and Bulls were the last two to do that. Um, so that's an interesting little wrinkle to, to, to... You wonder if it will be a very high-scoring finals, considering that, even if it is Golden State. Um, it's funny, man, because I don't think we have played anything like this on the whole path. Like, regular season is great, and it tells you a certain something, but as everyone knows, like, playoffs totally different beast. You dial in, you scheme for guys, you see people up to seven games. So you, similar to what happened with Miami, like, and I mentioned it on all the morning reports after, after like game three, it wasn't really adjustments that everyone was running the same stuff and it's just who can execute it better. So um, these teams all know each other really, really well. I don't think Boston's defense is the most like, I think both Boston's defense and, Golden State's offense, you kind of know what you're going to get. Like, we can probably talk exactly how it's going to look, um, barring a couple personnel selections and stuff. I think the reason it's so different is if we go playoffs, um, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Milwaukee did everything through Yanis. The game after game one was clearly don't double Yanis, make Yanis try to beat you by himself, and then just have enough space distance between your guys where you can close out the shooters really well, um, get smart to stop Drew, Jalen Brown to stop Drew, and that pretty much worked. First round, Nets, it was all about stopping KD. They didn't really care for Kyrie like that. Um, didn't really care for anybody else. It was all about stopping KD, forcing him into tough shots, contested shots. Um, Miami have a bit of movement but not really the star power that Golden State do. So, yeah, you might see Struess coming off a curl, off of a dribble and off, this, that, and the other, curling out of the corner. Um, and then you've got Jimmy inside kicking it out. But they don't really have the firepower like that. Oladipo's not going to beat you from deep. Lowry's cooked. Um, so, so they had a bit of movement more than the other two. But again, that felt very much about stopping Jimmy. Um, and then you've won the series. Golden State is just totally different. Like you said, it can come from anywhere in the... It can be... Or Onra, it can be Clay, it can be Paul, it can be Steph, it can be all these guys. And more than anything else, they have a lot of movement. So it, it as as much as we switch a lot, we switch more than anyone else in the league by switching, for those who don't know, when you play man-to-man, you'll see a lot of guys stick to their guy religiously. They'll go over a screen, they'll follow them across the court sometimes in the NBA. Switching, we... It looks a bit like a zone. It's not. Um, if someone sets a ball screen, rather than someone try to fight over that screen, you'll get whoever was is standing on the other side of it just to hedge and step up and then defend that guy, um, more or less. Smart is probably the exception to that. He will go over and, and follow Steph and follow these guys. Um, but weirdly, we, we seem to switch less against Golden State in the regular season games than we did in a lot of other games, which I found interesting because you'd think switching 
is what you need to do against all this ball movement and cutting and this, that, and the other, because screens become redundant with a switch in defence that is on on job. Sque- screens which are set by Looney, Draymond, Wiggins really, really well, um, become a bit redundant. So it's interesting to see how we do it exactly, who sticks with who, who matches up with who, um, whether we switch as much as we have done. Um, Derek White is going to be massive. Like I think Derek White has had a good two series against Milwaukee and Miami. I think being able to split the white and smart minutes was the main reason I liked the trade. I wasn't a huge fan of the trade, but the one thing I did like was you got 48 minutes and now you can put smart or white for 24, just running themselves into the ground, following people around, especially with smart not having the best ankle um, and a quad injury and stuff. Um, you, you're going to need that energy. Derek White following Steph Brown, everything like that. I think where I'm concerned is number one, Rob Williams not being healthy. Um, looked awful towards the end of the Miami series, had no bounce. And if he's not the rim protector that we know he can be stopping everything, it becomes a little bit of a liability in this series. Um, he can defend in space, but not if his movement's compromised by injury. Um, he's enough in off- on offense if he's not dunking. Um, he's an okay passer, but Golden State, man, finals, you can't get away with just being no jump shot whatsoever. So that's number one. I'm concerned if Rob's not right. Um, number two is the screen navigation. And I mentioned this in the chat last night, watching back the game against Golden State at, at Golden State. Um, Jalen Brown got killed about three or four times in the first seven minutes, just following Clay, got stuck on a double screen and handled by that. He lost him once. He didn't switch out of a split action in the corner from Golden State once. And that led to a big breakdown where Paul got through for a layup. Um, Jalen Brown's a very, very good 1v1 defender where he can just let his um, 6'6 frame and speed take him take him to success. But when he has to really make those decisions, mentioned it before, follow a guy around the screen and tell someone to switch and everything like that, it's not great. So I'm, I'm, I'm positive about the smart white thing. I think that's going to be really important on Steph and Paul. A little bit concerned about Brown following Clay round. Arguably a little bit concerned about Wiggins as well. If Tatum's going to be on him, how much is Tatum going to have in the tank to be following Wiggins around? I think I think just movement and, and energy and legs is what I'm mainly concerned with. Like um, mm. Nii mentioned this is a different Golden State team and that they're not going to sort of run anyone off the ground at, at their age and stuff. If you look at the playoff numbers, Golden State, keep in mind they've they've played two games less than us in the playoffs so far. Golden State have covered about a mile more in terms of player movement distance. So they're always running. They're always just never stopping. It's constant motion. We like things to slow down. In terms of offense, I don't know exactly how they measure this on, on the NBA in terms of what it is, if it's a certain per mile or whatever. We're the slowest offense by a distance in the playoffs so far. We want it to get slow. We want it to get... Um, bogged down we want it to get grimy um whereas they're the second fastest offense so they want it to be fast and loose they yeah. want it to be fast they want it to be transition we have a lot of turnovers like a lot's been made about golden state's turnovers we're just as bad we're about 14 a game they're about 15 a game um i think pace wise is where my main main concern is if we get our set defense and we we know what they're running amazing but i think there's going to be a lot of early offense a lot of transition they're 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 the second fastest offense in the in the playoffs. We're the slowest 
Like it's 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 gonna be a real noticeable difference in styles. And I just find that really hard to work out. Like for all the thing about our mm. defense, they're right behind us in, in terms of ranking. So mm. you do worry that they can match us on that end and blow us away on the other. Um, but yeah, I think the screen navigation, the speed, making sure everything's healthy is, is going to be tough. But if we can slow it down, grind it out, not allow any transitions and everyone's good, um, then, then I'll back us um, to, to come out, at least make it very competitive. But if we let a couple of games go early where we're not perfect on that end, then it could be trouble. Mm, so I think yeah, you, you're right in the fact that it's going to be won and lost by one team imposing their will on the other because if Golden State have got you guys running up and down, you won't be able to keep up. Um, but if you are able to really slow things down, you can use your big body, you can use your deflections um, to really make them go through spells of maybe not putting up the, those buckets that they usually do. Coming across to your side, me, um, <clears throat> I, I think you, your offence is still a, a, a thing to watch, a marvel to watch when it's in full flow. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking about Golden State players who come in and they understand that sort of read and react way of moving around the court, passing the ball around. Um, how, how do you think that, that that matches up with with what the Celtics have done this year? And I know for the most part, you've not really struggled to get buckets this postseason, but it felt like Memphis were able to to slow you down a bit. So um, what, what, what was the qualities, I guess, that Memphis had that made it a bit more difficult for you? Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and how do you see yourselves matching up with um, the Celtics, X and O's wise? So I think that Memphis are for sure the most physical team we've played. Um, they've got a lot of size, a lot of mobility. Um, and if you look at the Celtics, they're pretty similar. I mean, if you look at their guys on the floor, like um, like all four of the stars, or like four to five of the stars can guard like one to four, which is why they're switching work so well. Um, and like, I mean, you'd assume that would be a problem. Um, but as we may touch on later, or I think Yasmin may touched on, um, there are ways to be that, and I think this would be like the best offense they would have played this, um, like this whole pair from by some distance as like a team offense. Um, like you mentioned, that Miami, um, they do have some ball movement, but it doesn't have like the potent killers they have off ball, like Jimmy Butler. Um, and like I'm cutting to the rim is actually a skill and it's an art. Um, I think a big factor here would be if Rob Williams is healthy and can protect the paint. Um, if he's not as efficient at that or that like, he's not the same player person who's willing to paint um there's going to be a few breakdowns um for boston and we're going to get a lot of easier buckets i'm sure i say and um we, we might even get to a point where i'm hoping maybe if Kurt mixes up his lineups goes really small in spurts we're able to almost not make him and Horford redundant but almost like try and run them off the floor i mean it's a really difficult thing to do like these are really good defensive players but um i think we maybe got the makeup um it depends who we really go with. It, I would kind of assume that we'll probably play at the same starting if I was the last series um, in Clay, Wiggins, Steph, um, Looney, Andre. Um, but I think this would be a pretty big series for potentially for Otto Porter because he can kind of effectively do what Looney does. He's not as good defensively, but he knows where to be. He's a good player. Um, he's, got, he's got a high, well, he's got, he's got good IQ. Um, but then on offense, what he can do is stretch the floor and make things more difficult. Um, so it keeps the Boston 
defence a lot more honest. Um, because if we do go with that Looney and Dre, like front court sort of like makeup, um, I would kind of assume that they put Tatum on Dre so that he can switch. Um, so that when Dre switches with Steph, um, Tatum's on Steph. Um, and then they probably put Smart on Dre as well. And then I would assume they put Clay. Um, and then they put um, on Jalen Brown on Clay, and then I assume Hawthorne and Wiggins, and then um, I'm Langford and Looney. And um, to be honest with you, Langford Langford's gone. You mean Rob Williams? Oh, I'm not Langford. I'm Time Lord. So yeah, I mean it'd be interesting to see if Looney can still be a factor in terms of getting rebounds and getting those offensive rebounds, and like just playing out of his skin how he has in the previous series. Um, I think you've touched on something really interesting there. Is we're talking about sort of so many matchups. I think you lot have so much more versatility than us in choice. Like we know yeah, what a rotation for us is going to be. It's going to be mm-hmm. seven or eight guys. We can name them now. Whereas I could see you starting, if, if not starting, I could see Gary Payton having big minutes. Yeah. Uh, Spencer Paul in some games. I can see Otto Porter. You've touched on Otto Porter. Otto Porter mid-range game at his size is going to be something that makes us uncomfortable because the size is really what we have going for us. So for him to just step in as we chase him off the three-point line and and score from the mid-range, which he's been pretty good at with you, that's a concern as well. Um, yeah, I think the matchup thing is going to be really interesting. Uh, I think you have more choice than us, so it's going to be going to be funny. I know you're talk, we're talking your offense. Who do you see as kind of most likely to take advantage on that end for for you against us? Um, <laughs> I think Clay, because if you look at our ball movement um, and at the speed at which we move the ball and like, we cut to the rim, etc. Um, I think Jalen Brown's probably like, the weakest starting defender. Um, if it's not one-on-one defence, as you touched on, like, his off-ball defence is very... Um, yeah, and there's a lot to be desired. And you'll see in this series, like he'll fall asleep quite a few times. Um, and Clay will hopefully... And find his rhythm early in this series and like just put a few shots away. Um try and like, run him ragged. Um and we'll see what we do with that because I think he will be at like, the one like deficiency on, on defense. Like we don't play that stagnant sort of ball where you can sit your defense. You can look in front of you to see what's in front of you and like kind of set up and play. But I, I think what you guys do have is like really good communication. So like why the switching works so well. Like I know it sounds really simple. You're playing a good team like Golden State like and why don't you just switch? You need the personnel as well. And you got Hawford and you got um you got smart who are really good talkers and kind of set, set your team in like tell everyone where to be and that like, they communicate really well. Like smart, I like him a lot to Draymond Green. Um and then you've got Grant Williams who like, who loves to talk a lot. Um he's another player that can come in and kind of do uh, like a similar sort of thing. Um but yeah, I think that'd be difficult for the Celtics to ball move and they wouldn't have faced something like that before. Um, I think they're tired from the previous series and all that chasing over screens. Um, it sounds great and it's the finals and I know you think to yourself, winners at the last stretch, but it does put a lot of um, like weight on your legs. Um, so in game one, it'd be interesting to see how much they can cope with that. Um, it, it may take a couple of games for them, so just to it, for them to find their legs again. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to game one. I kind of predict that the Warriors will win that game, only because Celtics are so battered and bruised from the previous series. Um, I think 
our legs are a bit fresher. Then like I'm also like unconversely, you can look at it and say the Warriors have been played for what might be like a week coming up to it, almost six days, whatever it is. Yeah. And we're kind of out of rhythm because we've been played in a while as Boston just come for seven game series. Um that was really intense. So it, it can go either way, but if I had to predict, I'd probably go the Warriors. Um kind of win that game. This kind of happened against Miami. It was like we had less of a rest between game seven against Milwaukee, game one against Miami. Um, and it was like the Taylor Two Hearts. We came out sharp and yeah, we just played two days ago. So we looked great and we came out really strong and then completely threw it away in the third where we just looked dead and they had that second wind. And it wouldn't surprise me if we start well, but can't get it done in game one just because of the extra rest. Um, and like you say, getting used to the speed of everything. So, yeah, uh, if we take game one, I'll be I'll be very, very, very surprised and happy. Yeah. I was willing to touch on Jordan Poole as well. Um, of I'm course not you sure do. He'll be like their X factor. Wait, wait, wait. But I think he's going to struggle defensively in the series like he did in Memphis. He was getting absolutely roasted by Jar. Um, and had they been healthy and like Desmond Bain was hitting his shots and, you know, like Curry had to help off more of him. Etc. Etc. Um, I think maybe he was like a game away from seeing a lot less minutes to be honest in that series. Um, and I think because GP2 went down, he maybe got a few more minutes than he probably should have, only because he wasn't really killing as much on offense in the last three or four games as he was in the first three. Um, and when like he's really bad defensively, so yeah, I agree. I think Peyton two being back is massive, and I think if Clay looks good early then Paul will be a little bit of a casualty of that and it will, will feel less necessary, I think. Yeah, because like, he's definitely like the one player they pick on on defence, and rightly so, because like, on one-on-one, you just blow like, blow by him, doesn't really have the size, and he doesn't really move his feet well, doesn't anticipate danger, danger particularly well. And then um, in, in terms of following his man, he also does a pretty bad job of that as well. He goes, has a lot of lapses like Jalen like Brown, Paul even worse. Um, so it'd be, it'd be interesting to see so if we want to go small and that play really fast, um, it'd be interesting to see how many minutes Paul can get because if he's not gonna be as potent as he want him to be an offense, and like I'm obviously because of Boston size, they can throw a lot of guys at him, um, and like they do the switching. If he's not able to be as effective as he wanted to be an offense, you know already that he's probably gonna be I'm mean, a negative on defense. Um, I just wonder how many minutes he will get in the series. Um, and whether it will like, steadily decline as we go out and whether um, Kerr starts to bring in GP2 and do some and do some jazzy shit with that and like, have him running off ball and putting pressure on the ball handlers, which we kind of know is so it's like weakness. But um, yeah, that kind of remains to be seen. So we'll be interested to see how he kind of matches up with the Celtics and like what tweaks we're going to make if we do get to that sort of like, inevitable side where Paul is really struggling in defense and can't really get done in offense. Mm, this is a this is a really interesting finals um on both ends just as a neutral watching. So I look forward to watching both coaches sort of tinker about with things. Uh, we know Steve Kerr loves the tinker. And I think in terms of you guys he asked, you always tend to come you've come back from your setbacks in this postseason really well. I think you can almost guarantee a good performance after a a really dodgy one, um, or or potentially dodgy one. I don't know if you had any really really dodgy performances this postseason, but um, yeah, the, the matchup is going to be really interesting. Just a couple bits and pieces I want to go through with you guys. Firstly, uh, 
just some listeners' questions. Um, <clears throat> we'll start with uh, Certified Nas, um, and this one would be for you, uh, Yas. Um, I guess you can give your thoughts as well, Nee. Uh, where does Tatum rank if he were to win the championship and finals MVP right now? <laughs> Could Should he be ranked in the NBA 75? A bit early for the 75. A bit early for the 75. But I think Tatum is someone who I feel like more than anyone else has been subject of this playoffs. Where is he? 10, 5, 15. Like, I think, I think more than anyone else, um, weirdly. And I think I think him and Morant probably are the biggest movers anyway. It's funny, like, I, I probably have him top 10, not top five yet. Um but it feels weird considering to get, if let's say we win the finals, that means Tatum probably gets finals MVP because for us to win, we're not a, a, a deep team like them. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to carry us to it if we win. So if he if we were to win, it means he's outplayed Kevin Durant in the series, hasn't outplayed Giannis, but has beaten Giannis. Outplayed Jimmy Butler on the balance of the whole series. Butler had two incredible games. Two incredible games, a good one, and three where he was shit. And then arguably outplayed Steph. So it would be it would feel weird to when we do our courtside countdown, put him any lower than those guys. But I do think it's just just not the credit in the bank to be a top five yet. Um I'd probably if if Tatum is good enough in these finals to get us to um, a chip, then I'm putting him over Luca, over Embiid, over Jokic. That's that's the, that's the real, but I just don't it's think fair, he can have fair. the but that's basically top five, no? It is basically, but then I don't think he has the credit in the bank to get over a Curry, to get over a LeBron, to get over a Durant. Um, all of these guys, honest, Curry, yeah. as we'll talk about, all of these guys have rings and finals MVPs. Kawhi has a finals MVP. Um, it's it's tough to christen him any higher than that. Kawhi has two finals MVPs. So I reckon it would maybe be sick, but, but he'd be sick at 24 as opposed to everyone else in that top five being over 30. Yeah. Uh, it's the, the way you're talking about that and the way you're breaking it down to me is you're, you're putting a lot of weight in into what guys have done. When when I think about the top... It's, so when it's I tough, think about, it, Yeah, when I think about the top 20, top 25, I'm almost thinking this is where you are and this is where I'm anticipating you're going to be next season. Yeah. Durant, you expect, um, sorry, LeBron, he's 38. He's, he's, he's a maniac, but he's 38 years old. Uh, Kawhi's coming off another serious injury. Um... Top five always feels like that rarefied air, like, oh, top five, top five. Um, but listen, he, he got MVP votes, I think one or two MVP votes. Sixth place, sixth place yeah, game, yeah. The MVP voting, but he's he's got it all, really, hasn't he? Um, he's got the size, he's got the skill, he's impactful on the defensive end as well. The areas of his game where you've had issues with over the years, we've seen real improvement on that end. And he's carrying his team to an NBA Finals. Um What's the what's the reason not to? Um, yeah, I think it is just pure credit in the bank. If you ask me who I'd take for a series tomorrow, mm. I probably do still take LeBron as much as he is his age. Like I think mm. until to, yeah. we see otherwise, like he has to stay there. I take Curry because offensively, there's just no one who can bring what he can bring in terms of the gravity and what he does and 
the theory puts into you. I take Yanis, obviously. Kawhi and KD are really interesting ones because KD, KD just flat out looked worse than him for four games. So I find it hard now to, in my head, put KD. I should put KD above him, but it's hard to. But again, 33 turning this season, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Um, Kawhi, if it's Toronto Kawhi who comes back, then I still have him above Tatum. But if it's not, he's he's a hard one to gauge. Yeah. So I, I think I, I feel I think, funny. I always feel funny about injured guys, and yeah, I feel like yeah. I, 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 feel, I also like guys who've put in the work while you've been out deserve the credit over. Oh, this is who you were when you were last playing. Mm-hmm. To me, it's like so. So what am I saying to Tatum? All you've done now, uh, f that. When Kawhi was last playing a couple of years ago, uh, he he was leaping in the playoffs. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I think what we, I will we, say though, you're right, is that I'm putting a lot on whether he wins his finals. The fact that we're in the finals. Means he's a he's a top ten player now for me. I think he's he's surpassed Butler. I think he's um, the two way stuff has probably. I still think Luca's a better offensive player. I think Tatum probably pips him as it and that's stands. That's interesting one. I think on that Luca. It's tough in it that comparison. one. But yeah, because I remember saying that two years ago, I asked on the account who's better of Luca, um, and. Um, Brown, whatever, I'm Jane Tatum, Tatum, Tatum. Um, and do you know what? Yeah, a lot of people are like laughing at me saying that it's not even close. Um, and I said to them, like, when you get down to a series, you would probably take the two-way player. If the, if there's a little difference in them offensively, I think Luke is a better player offensively, obviously. Um, but, like, the gap on defence is so wide. Um, and, like, it, if you look at the sort of players that's going to drag you to a finals that's going to win your championship, you would feel more comfortable taking Tatum. Um, but I think it will be interesting to see how he kind of navigates the... the well, one thing we haven't talked about is our offence against your defence, right? Is... Yeah, I was going to say that because like, if, if he's at the main ball handler or like him, smart, etc., um, it'd be interesting to see, to see how he navigates the different I think looks. I, I, like, even, even watching like the game in March, he was fucking awful against you lot in March, man. Like yeah. Smart and Brown were the best two players in that game. He got to the line, which which saved his box score a bit, but he was awful. Turnovers why why was awful. it awful? Was it was it Golden State doing stuff, or was he just having one of his poor games? Bit of both. Um, he was he was way off, missing layups. Also, they just yeah, like Nee will notice from from the Dallas series in particular. Golden State throw all these different looks at you. They'll go enough, yeah. one two two box and one. They'll go. Um, different types of zone. They'll go man to man. They'll switch every now and again. They'll blitz you as the point at the point of attack as a ball handler and send Steph and Wiggins or Steph and Draymond. Steph will just come and be that extra guy and just basically wave in your face and wind you up a little bit. Um, but uh, I think I, Tatum's not going to handle that nearly as well as Luca did. No, nah, like, I think he's just, that. He's just not as good a ball handler at it. There's some of the turnovers in March were were just because he had two on him. He's He's better now than he was at the start of the season. I would maybe even say after that Miami series, he maybe even looks better say, now. Yeah, he maybe he even looks better now than at the start of the playoffs. Um, mm. But it's still his second best defense it, in the NBA. It's yes. so taxing on you. Yeah, it's so taxing. And it's just the fact that, especially like, look, we're 36 minutes into a game four or three, and this guy is having to carry a massive load on offense. And then he's expecting to just see Wigan pick Wiggins pick him up at the elbow. No, Wiggins picks him up half court. Draymond's in his face screaming now and there's two of them. He doesn't know where people are. We have, we've got 
we've got Rob Williams on, so the spacing's not quite there, like for him to just make a really easy read. I think it's going to be a different play to Luca, where Luca just took his time, milked down the chop clock, and then usually made the right call. Luca was outstanding against Golden State, barring maybe two games. Gate, his, the last game wasn't great. Um, he was outstanding at finding people. If Dallas guys made their shots, Luca would have come out of that series with more of an inflated reputation than he already had going into it. I think. Um, but I mean, he I, even struggled a bit in some stretches when we started throwing different looks at them. Yeah, and he's yeah. The best reader of the offense. Exactly, and, and that's my point. If, if he's if he's struggling yeah, to find passes, then Tatum's sure. killed. And and I think as well one one of the numbers that really concerned me was. Um, and this is partly mitigated by the fact that we played Miami, we played Milwaukee, who drop, um, and you played um, Denver, who have absolutely no resistance on the perimeter, and, and um, Dallas, who didn't switch anything, so left a lot of gaps. Um, Golden State have shot 51% in the paint. We've only shot 42. Golden State have shot 71, 72% at the rim. We've only shot 63, and that's in the playoffs. We don't really have amazing dribble penetration. Brown, mm. Brown is Brown is Brown is a good at getting through, but we talked about it. Goes blind, misses passes, and I think Clay he he couldn't. Yeah, it's mad tunnel vision, and he couldn't actually get. He couldn't really beat Clay off the dribble in March. Um, and then then you got Wiggins on Tatum. I don't really see Wiggins Tatum just. He's got the length in terms of being able to go over sometimes, but I don't think he's going to get past Wiggins like too easily either. And then you look on the other end, you've got Poole and Curry. I don't think anyone can really stay with them speed-wise, except for maybe Smart and White. So so I think think if Tatum... The way I see this series, I, I wasn't massively confident going into it. I thought, okay, six or seven, maybe we can sneak it. Looking at all the numbers, looking at film... I'm probably less confident now. And so if we were to win, it would take such a heroic effort from Tatum that, yeah, I'd just, you know what, fuck it. I'd say top five and I'll just find room. I don't care who drops out. <laughs> someone, someone will. I'll find the room. <laughs> um, there's, that, there's another question from um, Certified Nazi. If you were the Celtics Warriors and you could choose one player in their prime for your franchise's history, who would you choose and why? I'm going to tweak that question a bit and ask you guys if you could add one player from your franchise's history to your roster for this final series. Um, who would you choose and, and why? Um, Nia, I don't expect you to have to go that far back, in all honesty. Um, obviously, you guys have a, a rich history there, yes. If you well, were, if Nia you're... might not go Durant. Nia might, Nia might like the motion and not want his... I saw heavy stuff. I don't know. I think for you me, could just go Will Chamberlain, isn't it? Will Chamberlain, Rick Barry, maybe. Yeah, but I'm Rick Barry now because my guy was a racist, so I might not want Rick Barry on my team. I might take not Will good for morale. Not good yeah, for morale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so who, I, yeah, who would you go with? Yes, the obvious answer is like a Bird or a Russell or whatever. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I think I would go because of the. Um, I'm just thinking in terms of what I think we lack most. Could go KG, could go Pierce, could go Bird, could go Allen. I'm not um, uh, 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 Russell. I'm not going to. I'm going to go Allen. I'm going to go Ray Allen, even though he's getting on a bit in Boston. Just because I think with the amount of, the, of zone that the Warriors are going to throw, we're really going to need Pritchard 
Derek White, Grant Williams, Al Horford to hit their threes. Like we're really going to need him to. And it would be very nice if I was saying Ray Allen to hit their threes instead of Derek White to hit his threes. Um, so, I, and then he would add maybe some, he would add a bit of speed to the offense in terms of coming out of the corner and off the screens. I'd go Ray Allen, man, just because he, I think that's the one thing that this team lacks a little bit is just real knockdown shooting, um, especially against a team that want to go zone for a third of the game. Uh, well, we can get that with Bird, can't you? He's a 50, 40, 90 player. And like, if you look at... You can get everything with Bird, but it's too yeah, bait exactly. an answer, Nee. It's too bait an answer. Uh, and and also, Bird was discouraged from taking three-point shots. He was told by his coaches not to do yeah, it. Even though there, yeah. he was such a good shooter, he would probably have been ridiculous. Um but yeah, Bird's just bait. Of course I'll go Bird. He's one of his best players of all time. Um, but yeah, Bird aside, Russell aside, I think we, you know, we got a bit of good rim protection and defense. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Ray Allen just because it's what lacks most, I think. Cool. Um, how about you, Nee? Um, it's between Bill Chamberlain and KD, but if you think if you look at our, our biggest deficiency, um, it's probably our center rotation. Um, like it's not been a problem so far, but if it was one area that any of the Warrior fans wanted to fix, it would be that centre, that, that centre spot. And if you look at Will Chamberlain, like on some of the games that he had back in the day, like like his like sheer size and athleticism, like getting like fifty five rebounds in one game, like, like obviously different era. So that might not be the case now. But I yeah, mean, that ain't happening in twenty. Yeah, it, it, it won't happen now. But like <laughs> he's still putting that shit down from the sky. Um, in this era of the game, um, yeah, I think I take Will Chamberlain in this series, but. That guy's kind of ridiculous. So cool. Uh, next question is from Tommy Ajayi. Um, who has the best outside chance for finals MVP? So I want you both to pick one player from your rosters. Nee, who do you think has the best outside chance for finals MVP on the Golden State roster? Um it would probably be Wiggins. Um, and that's only because I think he will be on good enough in defense, but be the only player that's that good defensively who's able to get more than 15 points per game. Like obviously, you look at Draymond and say, like, he has like a really like, stellar defensively, um, like, like defensive series would be great, but um, I don't think he will average more than 10 points for the series. Um, and I'm obviously that doesn't like, mean that you won't get the finals, finals MVP, um, but you make a better case for yourself when you're able to do a good job on both ends of the floor. Um, so yeah, I think it could be Wiggins. He probably had the best chance. Yeah, outside of Steph. That Andre Iguodala special, yeah. Um, how about you, Yes? Yeah, I'm um I'm I'm with I'm with Nee in terms of defender and scorer. I think for them, I think Clay is a is a contender. Um because I don't think with the narrative, it will be much for him to do. If he gets over 20 points a game, shoots 40% from three, which I think he will, and is defended as badly as Jalen Brown defended him in March, I think Clay's in with a real shout outside of Curry and Tatum. Um, for us, you if we, let's say we win and it's not Tatum, because if we win, it almost feels like it has to be Tatum, then I think you're going to need a ridiculous Jalen Brown series. I don't think we have, I think knees hit the nail on the head in that the Iguodala, Kawhi Spurs finals MVP awards are rarer than just the best scorer throughout the series. 
Um, if you get those awards, they got to be unbelievable defensively and still get theirs as well. I, I think Al Horford would probably be our best narrative and defender case, um, mm. but he just isn't going to score enough. I'd be surprised if he averages more than eight or ten. Um, so I think Jalen Brown is the only alternative we have, really. I think um, on because I think maybe like Marcus Smart, maybe Marcus yeah. Smart, yeah. And to be honest, again, like Smart, he's last few games he's, he's dialed it back, but all season he's been a really good playmaker against you lot. Again, we didn't have the dribble penetration, but if Curry or Paul are picking him up at the at the top of the key, he's just a stronger guy than both of them. Mm-hmm. He can get to the rim, but his passing is the best. Tatum's got a lot better, but Smart's still the best passer on the team. So, yeah, I mean, if, if Curry has a very bad series, they're going to attribute that to Smart. I can already see it. T- Curry could just miss everything. Mm. If Smart's within a sniff of him, it's going to be, ah, <laughs> oh, that defense, that dog in him. Um, <laughs> and it would be like, Curry would just be like, I missed, but what? Um, you know what? So you, you, I think you're right. I think our best defensive candidate is Smart. Um, but I think that's contingent on Curry having a really bad series. You can't give it to him if Curry averages his averages. But again, I think I think you having more obvious backup candidates than us is probably a testament to to the fact that we can't win this series without Jason Tatum being his best version of himself. Whereas mm-hmm. I think Steph can just be fine, and you lot still sneak as as favourites. Yeah, they could they they they're able to go um ten deep in the finals potentially, which yeah. it's ridiculous, man. Peyton Junior, Otto yeah. Porter, Wiggins, Moses Moody looks all right. Kuminga, you can throw in as a body to stop Jalen Brown. Iguodala's back to come in for ten minutes and just manage the defense. Yeah, not, not to Jones. mention your not to mention your starting five. Take me back to twenty fifteen. Me, um, the second one, you're just the way it is, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, second question for you. Um, does another finals win plus finals MVP put Steph in the top 10 all time? We've we've been seeing a lot of this conversation in the coming days. We've got Golden State guys out there slandering Durant. We're hearing all the conversations about gravity, double teams, Steph being better than Kobe, Larry Bird, Tim Duncan. Um, I want us to put all that to the side. I'm speaking directly to you, Lee. Where does another finals MVP, uh, not another finals MVP, where does another finals <laughs> win? Where does another finals win and the finals MVP put Steph all time for you? All right, so I kind of touched it last time I was on the pod, but I didn't watch any of those guys, so I can't really speak too much in it. So I can only really go based on resume or what I've heard from um, like podcasts and documentaries and other people that have watched them. Um, I wouldn't be comfortable putting Steph top 10 because if you look, look at some of the people on that list who have you got you got you got jordan you got bill russell um you got kobe you got duncan you got shaq you got bird you got magic you got hakeem i might have mentioned like 10 11 players there already um if he wins this chip in the finals mvp and then you got lebron i'd even mention as well um is he better than those guys i don't think so because um, you look at all those guys within those top 10, they affect um, the ball game on both sides of the ball. Um, the weakest one defensively there might have been Magic, but I mean, I mean, even he was just like, he was different gravy to be honest with you. So I think I accept if people want to have the conversation about him being in the top 10, that's cool. I don't think he would be. 
And I don't think there's too much more that he can do at this point in his career that will put him in the top 10, um, only because that's some of those players and, and their resumes and what they've achieved um, offensively, defensively. It, it just puts him in like a different sort of like ball game. Um, but he's definitely that like top 15 for sure, I would say, from like on what I know. But no, I don't think that would put him in top 10. The only thing about the NBA top 10, though, there's like 15 players who are top 10. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like 15 players who are, de- he's definitely top 10. So, um, yeah, it's not it, it's not easy. But I think with with a finals MVP, a fourth ring, two MVPs, the three-point record, his error-defining play, um, he's very close to the back end of that top top 10 for sure. Um, but respect to you for not going all the way crazy there. I, thought, I definitely thought you would. I definitely thought you would. Um, it's a question for the two of you um, from Lick Osts with a zero instead of a O, I guess. Um, who has the most to gain and most to lose from winning or losing this chip? I know, I, I saw this one and I know he mentioned that it doesn't have to be the two in the finals. Um I think, I think, Kevin I mean, Durant. I think, yeah, Kevin I think, yeah, yeah. Durant. I think that, that Nets thing was a disaster. That's just looking like a disaster. If Kevin Durant and Kyrie do not get a chip, bro, do you remember the fucking rhetoric when that, when the Harden trade happened? I get it. Cool. Yeah. Harden's not there. Da, da, da. It was like, okay, nailed on. Like, wow. Most talented assemble. Even Durant and Kyrie. They were looking like favourites. Um, that is looking like a total mess, which is hilarious. I think they're up there. Mentioned it on my last episode. Miami have tied themselves to some guys past their prime. They needed to, I think, get to a finals this year. Um, not like they they do great with roster building, with the picks that they have and stuff, but Hero and Bam, I really like them both. I'm just not sure if that's the two that are going to take you promised land afterwards. I think that's that's a problem. Um, Suns, bruv. So more than anyone, the Suns have been the favourites. They were the favourites again coming out of the West and they were they got slapped in that game seven. That yeah, was I mean, humiliating. Cool team, man. That, that was humiliating. Out of the finalists for me, that's why I think those teams are probably the winners. Because out of the two finalists, I think both teams are kind of cool. Like, I think, like, Boston are young enough and have a new coach and they can just turn around and be like, first crack at it, we go to the finals, let's add some stuff. Golden State have three in the locker, whatever. Like, if they lose it, it's a good game, guys. See you next year. I think there's a degree of Golden State being a bit old, and you want to make the most of every year you have Steph call. And there is also a degree of Boston, like Tatum's prime aligns more or less with Giannis's prime. So they do, I think Boston more than Golden State, they haven't got it. They're in the finals. There's not a guarantee with the East being what it is um, of getting to the finals again. It sounds silly now, but I swear to you, it won't sound silly in two years. Like a Jason Tatum team and a Cade Cunningham team in three years, really might not be that different. You just don't know how these guys are going to develop. Evan Mobley could come out and look like an AD-level player after he puts some size on. Paolo Banquero is coming out of the draft this year. 
and look better at Duke than Tatum looked at Duke. So I'm not saying that they're all going to be better than Tatum, but it's just, you look at the Suns, like these windows can close quicker than you think. And I think the fact that you have got past Yanis and got past Durant, you want to make the most of that finals appearance. Um, so I think, I don't, but at the same time, like, I'm, I, I've got a sea of calm over me, to be honest. Like, as a fan, like, I would have been <laughs> if what? we lost the conference finals. But if we lose the finals, I think Golden State are better and deeper, in it? So, you know what, though? All those teams you mentioned, for the most part, are in the East. Coming out of the East. That's what the... I mean. That's what, that's my point. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the tough, that's the tough bit of it. I think the East is a fucking bloodbath. Um, West will be better next year as well, but the East is tough, bruv. And I think you do have to make the most. It doesn't need to go further than Yanis, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't. Like, you've got over the Yanis hump. There's no guarantee you beat Yanis ever again. Like, it's that <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Um, so, I mean, so I yeah. Guy, I think him, so, like, if he doesn't win it this year with Celtics, I mean, who knows? He, he might win another franchise, isn't it? He won't win it another. He's not going anywhere. Stop it. I mean, it could be unless, they, unless, they, unless they add a, a St. Louis expansion team. He ain't going anywhere. <laughs> But um, like, like, I think that's the answer to biggest losers, yeah. Like, I mean, you guys haven't mentioned LeBron. And like, if you look at the way the NBA media is and like, how they build building et cetera, et cetera, if Corey wins his fourth ring and the finals MVP, and they're going to look at it and say, if you look at LeBron's area, like, um, like his um, era and the time that he played, there were quite a few guys who ate in his era. Like, and when Jordan played, there was a stretch where like, it was kind of shut down. Um, and then if you look at when um, other great players played like Magic and Larry, they kind of had the 80s, etc. Um, and obviously Wilt dominated his era. Um, if you look at LeBron, he would have won four rings and Curry would have equaled that. Um, he would have been to, how many fans have been to? On 10 finals, he would have had like a four and six record. Um, and Kawhi has won two rings in that time. KD, two of the Warriors. Um, yeah, so... I think um, LeBron's legacy is the one that will take the biggest hit. Um, so I think he will be a loser, even though he's not even <laughs> participating in this series. Are you being serious? Huh? Are, you being, are you being serious? I'm being dead serious. <laughs> I don't personally think that, but like the way the NBA media... Did you just hear are, what you said? Did you just hear everything you listed out? The way out? the NBA media are... Half, half of what he's done... Oh please, man! The way the NBA what is, Nii has, has touched on something though. The big losers of this finals are LeBron fans, especially the long-term ones who've had wars with the Celtics, who've had wars with Golden State. Who do you think LeBron fans are, set, are, are supporting for this series? Nii, so, you tell me. Ask, what's Harold that's, that's saying? Too easy. It, uh, I'm not even sure what Harold's saying, bro. I don't think he's watching basketball no more in it. He's uh, <laughs> retired for this year. <laughs> He has no clue what's going we're on. Tired of, we're around much. When it became mathematically impossible <laughs> for them to make the, the playoffs directly. Yeah, I hear him. Once uh, LeBron got the scoring title, I'm done. <laughs> job, job done for the season. I think, yeah, to me, they've already started on KD and it's going to be Golden State won a title before you got there. Golden State won a title after you got there. When we're talking about all-time rankings, I think yeah, it's sure. very difficult to rank him above Steph Curry um, even now to be honest with you with, with this finals run 
Antonio and also, the, it's, it's Golden State won it before and after you, and you couldn't win one without. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The only thing he can do to kind of he has to win one, like you said, he has. They have to win one in Brooklyn. That is the that is the stakes that they've got over there. So um, I think he's the one who has like the way you lot are talking on him. You're you're relegating him to an also ran at, at this point. Just a guy who hopped on the the Golden State bandwagon. No, listen, it look. Grab, grab the. It's nasty business, man. No, it's no, really, listen. really nasty business, bro. Um, I don't particularly subscribe to that sort of um that thinking and idea because um obviously we lost the finals the year before, so and we need the KD. Um, and I've never said that Steph has been better than KD. I've, I've always like maintained that KD's been a better player, and he is because if you look at what he can do, his size, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, um, but in, in, ter- in terms of all time, I think it may be Curry being the finals, finals MVP. It's more a conversation, but I'm probably still taking KD all time um, over Curry. But um, he'd be really tired. Like, there wouldn't be a lot in it, to be honest with you. So um, I don't particularly subscribe to shitting on KD because, like, KD was two championships, so thank you. But, um, yeah, man, it's looking a bit scary for him. And he's taking the heat off LeBron. So, yeah. Cool. And um, it wouldn't be a finals preview without some predictions. Uh, so let's finish up with some predictions here, gents. Um, I'll start in the yellow and blue corner. Um, Lee, I want your prediction of the winner, the amount of games, and the finals MVP, please. I kind of touched on it earlier, but I think it will be Warriors and Seven and Steph finals MVP. Okay. Uh, yes. I really want to be positive about this, but the more I look at everything, the film, the numbers, the fact that we didn't get Miami done in six, it doesn't need to get more complicated than their defense is as good as ours. Our offense is not close to theirs. Um, We will not get away with fucking about in the series like we did against Miami. They're too good. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Warriors in six. I would love to be wrong, um, and if we split home court, then okay, cool, we might have a series. But uh, split the road games. But yeah, I'm going Warriors in six. Did you ask for Finals MVP as well, or just yeah, Finals MVP, please? Sir. Finals MVP, I think, will be Steph because I think there will be. It's already started. Oh, he might get a Finals. He'll finally get one. He'll finally get one. All he has to do score twenty five points <laughs> a game. And he's got it. Um, so I think it, it will have to be him. I think there's there's the like they've already got it uh, what's inscribed on the on the trophy just in case. Um, yeah, I don't think he'll have to do much if they win it. Then it's the obvious choice. Agreed, agreed. I mentioned in chat, but um, when he won the Western Conference Finals MVP, um, Draymond goes to him. Ah, you're happy now, yeah. Uh, and Steph was laughing because. These guys track these sort of stuff and they see It's all funny, this- bro. Even that clip, though, the one about uh, that KD replied to of Draymond or whatever. Yeah, I went and listened to it because Jeff said it was a good pod. If you actually listen to it like two minutes after that clip that was on Twitter ends, mm. he basically admits Steph needs one. He's like, yeah, he's a competitor and he doesn't have one and someone at his level should have one. So it clearly is something that they... Discuss and acknowledge. Has to be part of your legacy, isn't it? Of course, yeah, yeah. Like those guys, we compare him to all the guys people are saying he's above. Kobe has a couple. When he was the second guy to Shaq in the early two thousands, he got slandered for that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Tim Duncan has three or four. Um, LeBron has four. 
Um, so yeah, it's Steph's time really. Um, so I agree. Yes, he won't settle for not winning it. To be honest, nah. he'll make sure he gets his twenty-five per game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> cool, um, lads. Um, despite the, the the predictions of um the Warriors in six or seven, I'm I'm really looking forward to looking forward to this series. You've kind of got um NBA royalty in the Warriors six finals in eight years. Um, and you've got the, the Celtics who've finally broken through after teasing and teasing for, for so many years. And I think um, this is the start of uh, Jason Tatum's uh, ascension to being one of the two or three best players in the league for, for a good few years. So um, One little yeah. one that I forgot to mention. Jason no, Tatum, no if he if he does get a finals MVP, if, <clears throat> if he does. He's in my NBA 75, I'll tell you that. <laughs> he would be he would be the tenth youngest to ever get it. So it's Magic wow. in 1980 is the youngest. Then Duncan and Kawhi mm. when he was both both at the Spurs. Then Magic again in 82. Oh, wow. Kareem in the 70s at Milwaukee. Then all of the guys next guys were all 24. Parker at the Spurs. Wade at the Heat. Dennis Johnson at the Sonics in the 70s. Bill Walton at Portland in the 70s. Tatum would then I think overtake. Cedric Maxwell, ex-Celtic, um, as as who was twenty-five and is currently tenth, I think. So Tatum would slide in as tenth youngest ever Finals MVP, which again, my head tells me is more reason for him to not be able to achieve it. But um, <laughs> it would be pretty seismic. Pessimistic fan that I know, man. No, do you know what? I I I think I I'll. I called Miami and I said we'll beat Miami in seven. Giannis just had me shook, but I said we were better than Milwaukee without Middleton. But yeah. I do think this is just a bit too far um, for us. But if I'm wrong, then I'm buzzing. Yeah, I look forward to it. Lads, um, I envision we'll be meeting a few more times over the coming days and weeks. Um, so, so buckle up. Should be fun. Peace. Peace. Podcast Network.